Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, Israel continues heavy bombardment across the Gaza Strip as its troops are expected to enter Gaza City within 48 hours. Officials from China and the United States are meeting in California to discuss how to cope with the impacts of climate change. And the Sixth China International Import Expo is in full swing in Shanghai. Starting in the Middle East, Israel's military says it has encircled Gaza City and divided the besieged Gaza Strip into two as the Palestinian enclave saw its third total communications outage since the latest conflict began on October the 7th. Israel is also continuing heavy bombardment across the Gaza Strip as its troops are expected to enter Gaza City within 48 hours. The Al-Qassam brigades of Hamas say they have fought back against the Israeli attacks in multiple regions in Gaza. They claim to have destroyed more than 20 Israeli vehicles, including tanks, over the past two days. According to Gaza's health ministry, more than 9,700 Palestinians are dead in the ongoing conflict. Israel says over 1,400 people on its side have been killed. Sam Metnik reports from Jerusalem. On Sunday, health officials said that airstrikes hit two refugee camps in Gaza, killing more than 50 people and injuring dozens. One of the refugee camps, the Magazi camp, was in central Gaza. This was a place that Israel had said was in a safe zone and where it had encouraged people to go to. An Associated Press reporter in a nearby hospital said that he saw the dead bodies of eight children, including an infant, from that strike. Israel didn't respond specifically to that strike, but it has said that Hamas uses camps as well as other infrastructure to run its operations and that it uses civilians as human shields. These airstrikes from Israel are part of its increasing offensive into northern Gaza, particularly around Gaza City, where Israel says that it is going to enter within the next 48 hours. On Sunday, Israel said that it found a huge cache of munitions, including explosives and missiles and grenades, and that on Sunday also the communications in Gaza had cut out. This is according to the telecommunications network in Gaza. As offensive continues, the humanitarian crisis in Gaza continues to become more and more dire. People are stuck in the north. It's being very hard for aid assistance to get to them, and it's becoming increasingly hard for them to get out. As all of this is going on, there is increasing frustration in the country towards Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. On Saturday, thousands of people protested in front of his residence in Jerusalem, calling for him to resign. Netanyahu has yet to take responsibility for the attack on October 7th, when Hamas militants entered southern Israel, killing more than 1,400 people and taking 240 people hostage into Gaza. Israelis that I've spoken to have said that they don't trust Netanyahu, they want him out as soon as possible and they think he's only in it for his own political game. A recent poll by an Israeli television station, Channel 13, said that 76% of Israelis want him to resign. For Netanyahu's part, he says that he is doing everything to obliterate Hamas and exhausting all efforts to get the hostages back. In another sign on Sunday of growing uh, anger within Israel, a junior cabinet member, uh, Amichai Eliyahu, said on local radio, or suggested rather, that Israel should drop an atomic bomb on Gaza. He later walked back those remarks. However, he has since been suspended from cabinet meetings by Netanyahu. That was Sam Metnik in Jerusalem. For more on the recent Israeli strikes on Gaza, here's Noor Harazin. 
Well, it was a very intense night here on the people of the Gaza Strip. The Israeli warplanes uh, targeted several uh, refugee camps. Let's start with the Abu Hasira family that are residing inside the Ashati refugee camp. The Israeli warplanes targeted their home and they were housing actually their relatives. They were taking shelter. According to the Palestinian medical sources, 30 people were killed in that uh, strike. And of course, when you're talking about a refugee camp, it means such a densely populated area, uh, so many people residing there. And at the same time, we can clearly hear the Israeli warplanes hovering over the Gaza and drones. Uh, several attacks also happened here in southern Gaza, where basically the Israeli army, uh, the Israeli defense force have been asking people uh, to uh, move and to evacuate for safety. However, now uh, the people here in Gaza are just facing the fact that there is nowhere safe in Gaza. If you are in northern Gaza, in southern Gaza, in middle Gaza, there is attacks and there is people killed. That was Nuhara Singh reporting from Gaza. Turning to North America, officials from China and the United States are meeting in California. They are there to discuss topics that may emerge during the APEC leaders' meeting and the COP28 summit later this month. The most pressing issue on the agenda is climate change and how the world's two largest economies will work together to tackle it. Alistair Beverstock reports from Palm Springs, California. Palm Springs, California, where officials from the U.S. and China are meeting for talks ahead of the U.N. Climate Change Conference, or COP28, at the end of the month. I do hope that China and the United States... U.S. climate envoy John Kerry will cover a range of topics with his Chinese counterpart Xie Shenhua, but top of the agenda will be the two countries' collaboration on tackling the global climate crisis. Seeking to build on the accord between U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping during the 2022 COP27 climate conference, the location of these talks is no coincidence. Situated in the arid interior of California, Palm Springs has been heavily impacted by climate change. This region is experiencing higher temperatures, prolonged drought and more extreme weather. However, it's also the site of America's oldest wind farm, where 2,700 turbines have supplied power to Southern California since the 1980s. Ahead of the COP28 climate talks, the result of these bilateral talks in Palm Springs will cast a long shadow over a vital United Nations conference. The US and China set up. Rajan Vig is a leading voice on North America's energy trading market. How relevant is it? Well, it's incredibly relevant in the sense that if you think about China pushing forth um, with clean energy uh, investments, I think in last year they spent $546 billion taking into consideration manufacturing and deploying renewable energy assets. The US and China working together uh, in unison to address climate change in countries um, that don't have the ability to to spend um, as much as US and China do. However, while the world's two largest economies collaborate on the issue, they remain the world's two largest carbon emitters. And for former Mexican ambassador to the UN, Pedro Díaz de la Vega, these talks are vital in light of the recent climate disaster in Acapulco. For me, this is a symbol of hope, that two countries that may have differences in other areas can sit down to discuss this topic of global implications 
Mexico has just suffered an enormous catastrophe caused by global climate change and the entire world is looking to see what decisions will be made at COP28. As officials from both countries discuss their joint approach to climate change, the world as a whole will be listening. That was Alastair Beverstock in California. In China, more than 3,400 exhibitors from over 150 countries, regions and international organizations are attending this year's China International Import Expo in Shanghai. In his letter to the event, Chinese President Xi Jinping said China is committed to promoting high-level opening up and building an open world economy. First held in 2018, the CIIE is the world's first national-level exposition dedicated to imports. Companies have signed a number of trade deals on the first day of the event. The Zhejiang province trade delegation signed projects with companies from the U.S., France, Switzerland, and Thailand worth over 2.6 billion yuan, or about 362 million U.S. dollars. The Shanghai trade delegation made a deal worth over 300 million U.S. dollars. This year's expo also features the latest products and innovations from companies all over the world, including the highly anticipated air taxi developed by a Chinese company company which has completed a trial flight in Shanghai. Wu Bing shares some of the highlights from the expo. The 6th CIIE has attracted some 3,400 exhibitors from around the world and over 390,000 registered audience will participate in the coming days. And uh, more global CEOs and government officials are coming this year because of there's no uh, COVID restriction anymore. And the highest profile is, of course, Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese's visit to uh, China and uh, he also participated the uh, opening ceremony of the China International Import Expo. During the opening ceremony, he was the first foreign speaker uh, to address the ceremony and in his speech. He said that the government that led by him will continue to work constructively with China and he hoped that the businesses representing Australia on the CIIE will build stronger ties uh, between the two nations. The Prime Minister has visited the food and agricultural products section and he talked to some Australian exhibitors here and I also talked to those exhibitors after the Prime Minister uh, leaving the hall and let's take a listen of their expectations of the 6th CII. Uh, he, he, he actually held this same lobster so he, he did pick it up and he did talk about the, the Western rock lobster um, so yes it was very uh, entertaining. So as with any trade exhibition, um, we're really looking forward to um, having all of our exhibitors on the WA stand to have some wonderful connections with buyers that come to visit um, at CIE 2023 and we look forward to hearing about any connections that they make um, and any outcomes that happen in the future. And apart from exhibitors and business opportunities during the CIIE, the World Openness Report is also attracting a lot of attention each year. And on Sunday afternoon, uh, the World Openness Report 2023 is released during the uh, Hongqiao International Economic Forum. And the report says that in 2022, the World Openness uh, Index is 0.7542 and down 0.4% year on year. And given that context, uh, the China International Import Expo, Expo the platform is uh, even more important since it's uh, you feel the vitality, you feel the enthusiasm here and it's gonna uh, boost a greater confidence to the global economic recovery.
That was Wu Bing reporting from Shanghai. Staying in China, the United Nations has recognized a Chinese project to remove and process plastic waste in our oceans. It has recently granted the project the Champions of the Earth Award. The Blue Circle Initiative offers incentives to fishermen to help cut pollution in coastal waters. Wang Qiwei looks at how it works. A moment of joy and fulfillment, as their efforts finally pay back. This team's program emerged from two and a half thousand nominations, standing out for its innovative treatment of marine plastic waste. Under the project, these plastic bottles have just started their journey of recycling. Backed by digital technology, the project encourages people to collect marine waste. That waste is converted into high-value, environmentally friendly products, with revenues distributed among everyone involved. So far, over 10,700 tons of marine waste have been collected through the project, the largest of its kind in China. Marine plastic pollution is a pressing global issue. The UN says the amount of marine plastic waste will almost triple by 2040 if no action is taken. That means, along every meter of coastline around the world, 50 kilograms of plastic waste will pile up through empowerment and encouragement. This project could provide some of the answers in preventing that happening. That was Wang Qiwei reporting. Recapping today's headlines: Israel continues heavy bombardment across the Gaza Strip as its troops are expected to enter Gaza City within 48 hours. Officials from China and the United States are meeting in California to discuss how to cope with the impacts of climate change. And the Sixth China International Import Expo is in full swing in Shanghai. And that's it for this edition of the Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.